Welcome, everybody, to the Real Kipper at Noon show on this Monday, April 5th. We are exactly one week away, one week, three hours away Eastern time to the trade deadline. And that's where we'll be focused on pretty much in the next hour or, or so. So much happening on the weekend. Uh, did we get any clarity at all? Is there a little better picture on this Monday? on buyers and sellers going into next week's trade deadline. We'll get into that and so much more. Joe and Jordan are here. Doug McLean waiting quietly. Do we hear anything? Is he fidgety? Patiently. Patiently. Is he, is he, did he accidentally turn his phone on? No, we're good. Sounds like he's focused. Sounds like he's, he's ready to go here. Mac, another busy weekend as they, as they all are going down the, the stretch here. But the biggest story right now in hockey isn't on the ice. It's off the ice with the Vancouver Canucks. And we've seen in other sports, uh, teams get hit. We were just speaking moments ago off air with uh, Joe and Jordan about the NFL and how Denver had to go without their uh, quarterback and games teams losing their bi-weekly, but I, I don't think we've ever seen anything like what is going on out West in Vancouver. The last word I had heard was 19, 20 players, uh, not including the coaching staff who have been hit as well, but we're, we're well over 20 members of the Vancouver Canucks now shut down due to COVID and COVID protocol. And the question, so, Mac, is when are we going to see the Vancouver Canucks again? Well, you know, the question is that they were off for a week to begin with when this obviously must have taken place. And uh, and now, you know, um, they're going to be off another couple of weeks here. How do they come back and play? Well, that, that's the major question. How, first of all, let's hope that yes, nobody say uh, that, you know the in, the the sickness and we don't know how severe it is but have you heard there there's certain players on iv i mean is this is well, this is this how serious is this obviously it's very serious so to, I, to I, what I just, extent mac we're we're still not sure we've heard various reports and you know our good right. friend darren drager mentioned uh a little being a little bit more specific in terms of uh the symptoms including you mentioned diarrhea and vomiting and i don't mean to make it uh you know to chuckle but and then there's a, a writer out of vancouver that said maybe that darren's report wasn't as accurate by the way this is the part that i don't miss on twitter at all um, yeah, the back yeah, and forth yeah. and the refuting of other people's reports yeah. and stories but it was uh ben Kuz Kuzman or Kuzma, yeah. uh, Vancouver uh, writer that said maybe that's not as quite as accurate as he was led to believe. Regardless, Mac, when you're dealing with over 20 members, the, the severities des definitely raises eyebrows. So what do they do? What, what does the league do with the Canadian division? They're basically out of the playoffs anyway. Uh, by the by, the look of it, um, do you know they do they go by percentage points? Uh, what what do they do? But I I just can't imagine 
that they're going to come back and play. I, well, I will be, I will I hear, be shocked. I hear, Matt, that they, they do want to – they don't – they're going to do everything they can to save games. Yeah. And right now, as, as they meet and discuss alternatives, one of them is that you're going to tack on the games at the end of the season. Even if other divisions start their playoffs, the North Division could be in a position to wait a week – a week and a half to start theirs to get those games in. That's well, what the league is looking at. Yeah, they, you know, I, and you know, they're obsessed with getting it done. I, I and that, and I don't, I can't say I blame them because it takes away from the integrity of of the finish here. It does take away from it. So they will desperately try to do it. But you've got a team that probably will not have played in three plus weeks to come back and finish their schedule. How many games do the Canucks have left to play? 20? So, you know. Yeah, it's got to be. uh, In that range. It's got to be in that range. I think, no, I think they're under. So, you know, it doesn't, whatever it is, it's in that range. And the situation is that they're going to be off for at least three weeks and maybe longer. 37 games, Mac, they've played. 16, 18, and three is their record. So yeah. to get to 58, uh, there's there's 21 to go. Yeah. So that that to me is – and the, the season is supposed to be done uh, mid-May or before the middle of May. And, um, I, I mean, you're going to play 20 games in, in uh, 20 days? What are you going to well, do? I, I no. and again, this is a. As far as we've come, Mac, we're still learning about this virus and how it can affect some. Some can get it, be asymptomatic. Others uh, can be hospitalized for months. And, you know, the ask. I guess the ask. Won't be there until we figure out how these guys are doing physically that's and right. emotionally, Mac. So that's right. You know, their wish list could be to play the games at the end of the year, but you know, let's let's hope a a full and healthy recovery for these guys who are not only thinking about possibly finishing this season, but the rest of their careers, Mac. More importantly, the even the rest of their lives. And and then you've got some discussions starting to happen on playoffs and going back into the bubble there's teams that may not want to make the playoffs if they have to go into this bubble again well the bubbles wouldn't happen until uh, could there be four four divisional bubbles mac yeah uh two teams two game two games uh, a day for two months could they convince (laughs) the players to do that I I can, I I can tell you that, uh, behind the scenes, there are conversations with that, but it has not gotten to the point where I think the league is, has talked to the players at all about any of this. So all this is speculation and, uh, it's all premature. The Dallas stars were in the bubble, what, for two months. And and the way they're playing some games, it doesn't look like they want to go back in the bubble anytime soon. We know how the Washington Capitals felt about it. Oh, you know what? It's this 
I talked to a hockey guy this morning. He said, what they should do is when this season ends, when they finally get this over, just put it away. Just forget about it. It has been a challenge, to say the least. They've done everything they can. The league, the players have gone above and beyond. But, wow, it is. You know, I'm watching the other night. And this isn't COVID-related, but I'm watching the, the Vegas play with 16, 17 skaters in a big, big must-win weekend against the Minnesota Wild where they lost three or four points. That's who they probably will play in the first round. Um, so there's so many strange things going on around the league. It's it, it, I, I can't imagine how Bettman and them are dealing with it. I really can't. I can't imagine being a capologist, Mac, and trying to do the math <laughs> on know. who's in, who's out, what can we trade for, what we can't. Who do we have to put on waivers today? Who do we have to get through waivers? I, I got to think at some point between now and uh, the trade deadline, Mac, somebody's going to trade for somebody that they thought that they could get under their cap and they couldn't. I, I see that scenario happening. Well, that, that you know, the, the calculations that will be going on this week uh, will be over the top, especially for the, you know, when you're looking at an $8 million Taylor Hall where does he fit in? What's the price you pay? What you know? What it, it's going to be fun to watch where it all uh, where it all comes to when it all comes to a conclusion. Who are the buyers? Who are the sellers? Who just wants to get the season over? Yeah, a, a lot, a lot to absorb here. But on this Monday, Mac, uh, we challenged our viewers to give us 300 likes last week and uh, they hit it with flying colors and we're going to open up this Monday on a, on a Q and a, right, Jordan? Yes, sir. Once again, hopefully everybody had a great weekend before we get into the Q and a have a little bit of news from your friend Elliot over uh, doing his thing. Please forgive me on this first name pronunciation, but Yaroslav Halak has tested positive for COVID-19 from the Boston Bruins. Okay. And he's been playing so, he's been playing a fair amount of hockey for them. And let's let's Big just loss. hope on these isolated um situations that you know it it doesn't doesn't end up being a Vancouver Canuck scenario, Mac, because you know, I hate to 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 go back on it, but prior to this season, somebody asked me uh odds on finishing the season within the pandemic and i probably i said 50 50 i said who knows with this thing i just i i hope we can find a way to get it get it done get through so, it as safe as possible but if so what about what players about are at risk mac uh I know, but, it's a scary but look, thought listen to the, the texas rangers major league baseball team are going to play this week with a sold out stadium. So was that the first in pro sports that the Texas Rangers are actually going to play to a sold? Yeah. I don't mean a 5,000 seat. I mean, yeah, that's not capped at 25%. We're 60,000 plus people are going to be in the Texas Rangers baseball park for a ball game this week. I talked to a guy this morning that went down to a Panthers game. He said it was perfect. Four or 5,000 in the building. There was no lineups at concessions. There was no lineup anywhere. He had great seats, great sight lines. It was really, you could really get a feel for the player's skill. Uh, and what is, you know, and like, those, man. and those baseball managers will be wearing masks in the dugout. 
while 60,000 people are above him breathing on him. But they will be wearing masks, although Texas... Will they all be wearing masks? Apparently. Texas has a no-mask mandate, and they're one of the states that are doing really well. I mean, they did it three or four weeks ago. They did away with the mask mandate, and they're one of the the better states. Like, I can't... Anyway, I'm not a... I'm not going to try to figure it I'm out. I'm watching some NHL coaches behind the bench using it as a chin strap. <laughs> yeah, I think they probably got some memos this week about, boys, keep the masks on. I like the uh, the face shield style more with like the full glass, fiberglass. Oh, no, I, I, I was out clothes. for my morning. I was jogging along this morning and I came across this lady jogging with the full glass shield on jogging. And I'm and I've got my mask and, and she's got the full glass. I thought she was a welder. Yeah, or, <laughs> and at least she couldn't she see was... your face expression under the mask in your shock <laughs> and surprise. Anyway, look, everybody's trying to stay yeah. safe, and that's what it's all about. We are, and when we you are. hear this thing with, with uh, Vancouver, it makes you it make you know, it, it really is uh well, it starts disappointing to hear. It yeah. is, but it it puts everything in perspective once again, Mac, while we're, you know, beating it up every day here on who's going to, who's, tr- who's getting traded, who's, you know, uh, who's got the edge on winning the Stanley Cup. And then you hear all of this and you're kind of makes you revisit everything. <laughs> Gary Bettman, the day Gary Bettman presents the Stanley Cup. If in fact, and he will, that will be a crowning accomplishment for the league and for everybody that, oh my God, please tell me this is the end of this, what they've had to deal with for the past year yeah. plus. Well, okay. I, I, I hope we find a way to crown a, a champion and, and, and they can get out of it what Steven Stamkos got out of the bubble last year or last season. So, that's that's our goal here. So in saying that, Jordan, what do we right uh, what, what do we hashtag it? Uh, where's Buddha? Yeah, where's Buddha? My, my little Buddhas. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I know where they are in your set. Questions on uh, and we've got we've got the new Peach Mac coming wow. out in the LCBO as early as uh, fingers crossed next week. Should yeah, that's a, that's exciting. I wish I could. I, I mean, I've looked here numerous times well, when I go to Total Wine you know, and every place I, you know, but I, I, the issue, I just Mac, don't see it. Mac, the, the issue is that, you know, Ontario's a little smaller. Canada's a little smaller than your country right now yeah. in the U.S. of A. So if you want to perhaps sell um, a sports car in an RV, well, why don't you come in, be a partner with Little Buddha, wow. and, and, and we'll... Uh, will distribute in the U.S. through you. I'm trying to get rid of jobs instead of creating <laughs> a stage in my career. Let's get into this job in the Q&A today. Our first question. All right, let's go. Where are we going, everybody? We're going to Sweden from our friend Flavio the Swede. This is a question for wow. Doug. Can Doug speak about Moizakin? He is about to retire, and it would be interesting to hear uh, your exodus through uh, trying to get him coming over to the States and just your experience with him as a player. Wow. Sergei Moziakin was a Russian uh, draft pick of the Columbus Blue Jackets. I'm going to think around 2002. And he was a small, skilled uh, player from Russia who 
people to my scouts in Russia told me he's very similar, similar to a Ray Whitney type of player. So we tried, we thought we had him coming on a couple of occasions and for whatever reason, we couldn't pull it off. He, he always sort of said at the end, he wanted to stay and sign in Russia and play in Russia and the KHL and on and on. Became one of the greatest scorers in KHL history, had an unbelievable career over there. And we could never uh, talk him into coming. And I would think we attempted on at least a half a dozen times when I was there to convince him. I remember one of our scouts who used to go to Russia, he'd phone me from Russia and say, oh my God, Doug, this guy's so damn good. I wish we could get him. He's so skilled. He's so talented, playmaker type of guy. So he had a wonderful career. And uh, you just told me he is retiring or? That's what the comment that- said. He's retiring this year. Oh, that's great. Well, yeah, he had a great career, and he sure as hell didn't help my career, the son of a... Actually, he <laughs> could have saved your job. He could have saved it, you know. Sergei Moziakin is one of... It really pisses me off is how I'll finalize the question. He should have came. <laughs> Who do you guys think is the best player to never play in the NHL? Is it him? Oh, oh that's always a tough don't, question. Don't they all know? don't they all end up in the NHL? Um Most of them. you'd have to really go back, I think, to to find out that answer and probably even before my time. But it's right now I would think that uh with the money being out there the way it is today and the notoriety that every top player now comes. Comes. He they're, they're he was he was one of the few, one of the few that refused to come. And it really is quite amazing that he went from 2002 draft to 2021 and never played one game in the NHL and was coaxed and worked over. My Russian scout worked him over weekly to so come. Why not just make him an offer he can't refuse? Well, we, we, you know, we probably were offering him the max that we could have offered at the time to come, you know. Was, I, I don't it, know what it was. was. It, there was no cap back then, was there? When there was no cap back then to start, but I mean, you know, I don't think it was money. I, I He never, I don't think he turned us down once because of money. I think it was more of just he wanted to stay there and then became a star and then it became too late, I guess. So what is he today? If he was 18 when we drafted him, and he might have been 20, what is he today? Is he 40? How old is he? Oh, I just add Sergey Moziakin. Yeah. I'm you searching now. Assume that uh, he's 40 years old. Yeah, is that amazing? And we drafted him as a. I, I don't know if he was an 18 or 20 year old when we drafted him. Well, so anyway. did we? Did we get any clarity this weekend on buyers and sellers? Uh, Columbus Mac. Maybe the the neutral zone giveaway by Patrick Laine kind of sealed the deal with where they're going. Torch has failed to turn him into a 200-foot player in his 20 games there. So I hate to say it. I hate to say it, but... Um, hasn't turned out great. No, disaster. Disaster is what it's turned Turning out great is uh, an understatement. Yeah, it has just not been a very positive situation. And then they get waxed twice by Florida. 
you know, uh, ah, that's sad. I, yeah. And so uh, what are I, they going to do? They've got to be, they've got I, right now they're in seventh place. They're in seventh place. Dallas are ahead of them because of four less games played. Um, I, I, you've, you've got to make a decision in the next 24, 48 hours. You're going to be a seller. And I've got uh, to believe they're going to be sellers. Mac, uh, like if, if you haven't even started making those type of calls, it's way too late. Well, they have but, started to make them, but I'm so I'm I'm meaning are they into serious conversations now? There's been a hundred calls made, but now serious conversations. Tell me this, Nick. Felino. Okay, go ahead. We'll go we'll three way Felino. Somebody asked me this this morning what on a three-way deal, is there any possible way? And this is, a, and there'd be some extra draft picks thrown in. And would Eichel to Ottawa, Shabbat to Toronto, Marner to Buffalo, plus Logan Brown would be in there in a second-round picks. So what I just said is Shabbat to Toronto, Eichel to Ottawa. Marner to Buffalo in a three-way deal with prospects or with, you know, some picks involved. First of all, I said to the guy, well, number one, Eichel's not going to Ottawa. So you can forget about that. That that knocks it out of the box right there. So there's, there's no way. But that's kind of an intriguing three-way, just names. I don't know about the cities, but names sound pretty impressive, eh? That's a big deal. Well, essentially, you're trading Mitch Marner for Shabbat. That's right. If, if you're a Leaf fan. That's right. And I, I left don't, shot defenseman. I, I don't, uh, I don't see it. I don't see it. And you're trading Eichel for Shabbat and you're trading Mern. Yeah. So the Leafs fans in chat are not happy about this. Uh, no, hypothetical. no, Mac, uh, <laughs> Marner, Marner's an engine, man. He is oh, no, an he's engine not going for the Toronto Maple Leafs. So he's not going that's anywhere. Not done. And I like Shabbat, uh, but. Yeah. It's not I, happening. I, I don't, Somebody, I don't look, see it. First of all, tell the people that are going ballistic. It wasn't my idea. Somebody brought it up to me this morning, and I said no. I said there's no way that steal is happening. No, not a chance. Listen, you can't listen to every scoop on the pickleball court. <laughs> okay? I'm just trying to fire up the people. Hey, Doug, I have a you random know. question for you. Has a schmuck like me ever come up to you and say, hey, hey, Doug, check out this trade? And then afterwards, have you ever said, oh, maybe I should do that. Maybe I should call the staff and look into that. Has that ever happened in the history of your life? What I usually tell is people like you to get lost. <laughs> <laughs> you've, you, there must have been a few scenarios where you've stolen ideas, either from, like Jordan said, a fan or, you know, some guy out of the blue or another general manager or oh, I did, I a did scout. It every, like, come on. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You do it every day. A, any, you do it every day. A, you know? Anyone in particular you can remember where you just said, that's a hell of an idea? No, I can't. No, I, <laughs> I can't offhand think of one. Well, let's I mean, see. You, you throw around so many scenarios. And, and when you're a general manager, you're sitting in your office and you've got you're bored up of every team in the league. You've got your computer set up with every team in the league. You've got every rating of every player in front of you. 
you know, in a, in a minute's notice. And every time something comes up, you automatically look at, boom, what's the story on this? Every time you hear a name, you automatically go, okay, give me the ratings on this guy. What's it would take? So that's one of the fun parts of, of being involved is that you've got everything at your fingertips. The first thing you do when you go into the office in the morning is you bring up every scouting report that your scouts saw last night, every game they saw last night. Might take you an hour to go through all the pro reports, all the amateur reports, and that's typically that's typically how I would start my day. So you always had players at the tip of your tongue, you know. Mm-hmm. So with with a few teams now, Mac, kind of sitting on the fence, and we've we've established that Nashville is one of those teams. We assume Arizona, who's locked in already on a spot as of today ahead of St. Louis is one of those teams. The Sharks, Mac, are now, you know, one of those teams as well in the West that are in the thick of things. But LA. It, uh, yeah, oh, no, LA, LA took yeah. a bit of a beating on the yeah. weekend here. Yeah, they're but like as you're sitting as a general manager, do you not sit there and go, okay, like I go out and I buy a few pieces if I'm Arizona and I still got to see Colorado or Vegas in the first round. What am I doing here? You're wasting your time. So you're wasting your time. You know, you got, you got three teams there. You've got Minnesota, you know, really when you think about it, you know, Minnesota and Vegas, if they happen to play in the first round, that is going to be one hell of a series. I'm telling you, then you've got, you know, obviously Colorado. What chance do you have to get by Colorado? No matter how many additions you make, unless a Grubauer gets injured or something like that, how, what chance do you have? So why would you do any buying if you're those teams? The only buying you're doing is to set you up for the draft or to set you up for the summer for the offseason. That's all you should be thinking about. Well. Long-term thinking is where you have to be when you're with the bottom teams in these divisions. A team that I think, based on last night, looked to me like sellers all day long, Calgary, Mac. I'm watching the Leafs, and the Leafs did not have it last night. There's one for your Leaf fans out there. They, They didn't have it. The good news for them is they still found a way to win, but I think it had more to do with Calgary than anything else and Hutchinson was good he was good and when you're on your off game like the the Leafs D and and forwards were and you find ways to win that's a good sign but Calgary to me Mac lay down especially when it was tied and they were right there and they had the better chances and they had their foot on the gas a little bit they could not find a way to get that extra energy, that extra step that Daryl Sutter was talking about in his post-game comments. Well, like, you know, he, the, the thing you're thinking of your Calgary flame today or last night is who is Daryl talking about that can't keep up with the pace of the game? We have too many guys that can't keep up with the pace of the way the game is played. So you're automatically thinking, am I one of those guys that can't keep up with the pace? What shocks me is he's playing his bottom six a, a lot, a lot. You would think your bottom six are the guys that can't keep up with the pace, but 
I would think that he may not be talking about his bottom no. six. Maybe he's talking about his top six that the guys, can't keep up with the pace, which the guys, is shocking to me. And we've beaten this thing to death here. Death. Uh-oh, with the Calgary Flames. Is the guys that should be leading that pace is Monaghan and Goodrow. And they're it's, not. It's it's now a and, question, Mac, of like what exactly are these guys? Are they are they stars in our league? Are they are they ones that can set pace because they haven't done a lot of that during this regular season? And that's <laughs> gotta be a huge concern when you try to go and trade these guys in the off season and we don't for the the world of us think that there's a chance that they could be moved between now and next week. No, not a chance. Not but a they, chance. But there's going to be some major moves in Calgary this summer. I mean, there's got to be. You, you, you know what's amazing? You and I discussed this last July That's where right. you come out with a statement, okay, enough of this combo here. Enough of this. Some big moves have to happen in Calgary. And what happened in Calgary was they brought in Markstrom and Tanev, and we all thought it was great moves. But, I mean, you threw out Goudreau's name last year, and then it took off. Nothing happened. Monaghan, I mean, I don't know, I don't know who takes a chance on a Monaghan. You, you want that big center. You want the big guy that can score 30 goals. You, you want him. Does he, drive, does he drive a line? Does Monaghan drive a line? Does Goudreau drive a line? Marner drives a line. Matthews drives a line. You know, the, these the biggest guys in the game drive lines, drive teams. They don't. And the other guy that probably has dropped significantly for me is Lindholm. Mac, let's yeah. go go back. You know, a little bit on Calgary making the big trade. That involved Dougie Hamilton. Yeah. And you know, when you when you factor in Hannafin and Hannafin really struggled last oh, night, Mac. Yeah, I felt for you him know, last night. He's uh he's just he doesn't know which way um which end is up, and then he ends up kicking the goal in. Uh that solidified Calgary's fate. I mean, Nick- and it wasn't too long ago, Mac. We were sitting there going Lindholm and Hannafin was a huge win for Calgary to get rid of Hamilton. And now Hamilton's regarded as one of the better defensemen in the league and has never looked back since leaving Calgary. And now I mean, we, it's it's a role reversal on this trade. Well, you know, we, we look back on Bill Peters coming in and, and Bill Peters loving Lindholm and, and Hannafin and thinking, okay, maybe there's some connection to this deal that it was made for that reason. He had the inside on these guys. All of a sudden, yeah, it is like Hannafin looks like he needs a change of scenery. Lindholm looks like he needs a, a change of scenery. Goudreau looks like he needs a change of scenery. Monaghan looks like he needs a change of scenery. Like, come on, that's the gutsier team. That's the, uh, you know, Kachuk and Markstrom and Hannaf and Giordano. You know, they, they, I, if you're sitting there, you're, you're sitting there. Is Brad Tree living in your which way do I turn here with this group? Well, they've lost eight of ten. Eight you, of ten they've lost. What, what do you got left to do here except 
move a piece like Sam Bennett or Derek Ryan or. But that's no that's no value no, to them. But but it can, stuff, it can that, it can help you at, at the draft table a little bit, can't you? Yeah, can it? It is, but but I mean, if you're Daryl Sutter, are you going to stand by and see Bennett moved? I know every we're not talking. Bennett is a third line guy. That's a really important guy to have on your team, in my opinion. And he's not playing anywhere near his capability for me. This is a team that's lost eight of ten. When you brought in a coach who's won a couple of Stanley Cups, this is a this is unbelievable how bad they are. I never envisioned Sutter coming in and them being this bad. I never envisioned it. So that would indicate there's going to be a shitstorm happen this summer. Jordan, any questions out there regarding Calgary, Toronto? I, we have a big one from uh, Toronto here, actually, from our friend Million. On YouTube, we send a nice super chat over talking about uh, what the Leafs should do here at the deadline. If Kyle Dubas says he's happy with this group and makes zero moves by the end of the deadline, would you consider that to be a failure or a lack of good management? Well, just watching last night, I, I wouldn't have liked my team very much, to be quite honest with you, uh, last night. I, I don't care. Win, lose, doesn't matter. I watched Joe Thornton last night and Joe did not look good and he hasn't looked good for me in a while. The energy's way down and that could just be age appropriate. It could be some nagging injuries. I don't know, but, uh, or it could be, he's not playing with Matthews and Marner. Come could on. Be he, that he, he wants to play with them. I, I got to believe. Right, so what do you think? He's sulking. No, no, I don't think he's selling, but I think they they help him. They help him, you know, because they're so dynamic and they're such they're such smart yeah. players. And Joe's a vision guy. I think I think it really helps him. I think when he's not with them, he yeah. he becomes an invisible guy. There, am I wrong in that? Well, just the presence of Joe Thornton is gone for me in the last couple of weeks. Like it, uh, there was there was some good energy and some. Uh, some chemistry, I think, early in the season. It just, it's not there now. So yeah. you're going to tell me now that you want to go try to win a Stanley Cup with Galchenyuk as uh, as a top six forward? Uh, I don't buy it for one second, and well, I would look. never, I would never take that chance. They so gave him at... second star last night because he shoveled a a puck into an empty net after a terrific play by Tavares. Good on him. Uh, is he working hard? Yeah. So what? Everybody's supposed to work hard. I'm not giving him extra credit because everybody's telling me how hard he works. This this is a dream situation. Like first of all, I thought Tavares and Nylander played really well last night. I finally, I haven't. You know, I mean, look, I don't watch all the Leaf games yeah. like the fans do, but Tavares to me looked like he was making things happen last night, for which I haven't seen enough of. Nylander has been in and out, but making some great plays. That line was good. Galchenyuk, to me, look, he's he's flopped everywhere else. Can he get it done playing? These would be the two best players that this guy has ever played with, ever played with. He's got to make it now or he'll never make it. So are you going to go into the playoffs? I, I agree with that, Mac. But but are you going to go into the playoffs with him there? No, spot? no I'm not taking that chance going into I, the playoffs. I, He's let too many people down too many times. I hope I'm wrong. I hope he I hope he can get the job done. I just would be a little bit nervous. Now, you know, you can't move Hyman to every line. 
Hyman is the guy that whatever line he's on is most nights he's your best. It's your best line, but you can't you can't move him to every line, you know. Um, so I I think that that and then I look at, at Hall on the back end. He played over twenty three minutes last night, it, and and Bogosian was up to almost eighteen minutes. I still believe, and then Dermot was I don't know maybe I'm wrong in his thirteen fourteen minutes, but. I still believe that left wing spot and a, a defenseman is really critical. Goaltending, Jack Campbell has been an unbelievable story. Can he keep it up? We'll see. He certainly has been an amazing story. Looks yeah. Makes Kyle look really good. That deal, one of the best trades he's made. So, but they, they've got, if they, this isn't about winning the North, this is about competing for the Stanley Cup. Correct. And if they want to be serious and compete about the Stanley Cup, they're not going to be playing teams like Calgary. I'm telling you, it's, it's a, it's going to be a war. And if you're going to the war, I'm not sure you want Gal Chenyuk as one of your soldiers. Well, and that begs the question of a, a top six winger for the Leafs or uh, added depth on the blue line. The and blue line to me, Mac, has been fairly consistent. And it has been. You know, it's it's factored into Campbell and, and Hutchinson making the saves that they can see or not worrying mm-hmm. about backdoor empty netters. Uh, but they, they've been a they've been a great, great surprise okay. with uh with Hall kind of leading the way with all due respect oh, no, he's to Morgan been Riley. But but Nick, what happens in the first round if you lose a defenseman? Yeah, that, that's what I'm. That's why wow. like teams teams go into the playoffs with depth. On the, we've always seen it. How many trade deadlines where people add depth to their back end to make sure that if you're going to go through the three four rounds, you've got ample. You know, look, we saw what Shen brought in Tampa. We saw what Bogosian brought in Tampa. They were important guys in certain games last year when they know. were when they were banged up, you know, you need yeah. depth. No question about that. Any other questions? Uh, yeah. Jordan? Yeah. A lot, of, a lot of questions. I was hesitant yeah. to ask you about it guys Sorry. about it, but a lot of uh, conversation revolving around the Maple Leafs goaltending situation. We've kind of spoke about this a lot throughout the past couple of weeks. Do you think they'll make a change? Should they make a change? Keep it simple there, I guess. I don't know if they're in a position to make any type of significant change here. And if they're, if they're comfortable right now with where these guys are uh, in their headspace, then it, it might be Mac, just leave it the way it is. I'll tell you what, I don't think they'll make any moves with their goaltender. And I'll tell you why Freddie's going to come back rested, healthy. And if he, if he, if he, has and he and Jack Campbell will battle it out a little bit for who's going to be the the guy. If Jack starts and falters, Freddie's coming in. If Freddie starts and Freddie falters, there'll be no hesitation this year to bring in Jack Campbell because of the way he's played. I think it's a good situation goaltending wise. I know that Freddie with his contract is a is a concern. Campbell with his lack of you know he's played seven eight games or whatever it is. But I think they're going to go with those two, and they're going to be quick to pull the trigger if either yeah. one of them falters, yeah, which I, they haven't done in the past. I agree, and I don't think that uh, 
going out there and getting a James Reimer back or or any no. of these other names that you hear out Waste there will time. be will be anything anything of, of an upgrade to be honest with you if if no Jack Campbell's really confident he's comfortable the guys love him guys love Freddie you know who yeah. you know who's uh Austin's best friend is by the way oh. on the team I uh, am yeah. Freddie so you got to be careful here, I think. And to Mac's point, don't label anybody a number one. Hey, we're going game to game here. If you want to, if a certain yeah. guy's on a hot streak and, and, and runs it a little bit, then you carry it until you feel like you need to make a change. And that's, that's the way it's going to be for the next little while for the Toronto Maple and Leafs in that. So I say no to any goaltending change. I, I don't think it's going to happen. So. And yeah. again, I mean, I'm looking for a depth defenseman or a, you know, a, a, they're hard to find the top end guy for the price you may have to pay. And the big question is Tavares and Nylander's winger, Nylander's winger. Is it going to be Taylor Hall? You said they have the, the best chance well, to get him. You Jesus, know what, he's Mac, been bad. They, oh my they, God, he's been bad. I know he has been bad, but, it, but he's, he's a good, also, he's, he's, a, he's, also, he's, a talent. Um, he's also a guy that teams envision putting them in positions of success. I, I don't disagree. Right now, the Edmonton Oilers, Mac, they're they're looking hard at Taylor Hall. Yeah. And, you know, the one thing you got to remember in all of this is Taylor Hall needs a new contract. Now, does mm -hmm. Taylor Hall want to get traded to a team and then go to another team, you know, in the offseason? Or, you know, uh, Darren Ferris is his agent. Do you create a scenario, Mac, where you go trade, you get traded to a team now, and you sign a long-term deal? I, I think that's what his dream would be, but I don't see I don't see that happening. I see it. I mean, you see him going to Edmonton and getting a long-term deal, or going yeah. to Toronto and getting a long-term no. deal. No, 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 he won't get it in Toronto. And will he get it but in Edmonton? Yeah, unless they let Nugent Hopkins go. No, I think they they envision. See, what I'm hearing right now is Nugent Hopkins is not liking the contracts that he's being offered, right. and until push comes to shove, Edmonton's dream, I believe, is to get Taylor Hall and Nugent Hopkins together on a contract um, that wouldn't cost them more collectively than twelve, twelve and a half million dollars a year. Yeah. Yeah. And if that's the case, you getting a call right now? You got a trade to report on our show? No, I got a call from Palm Beach, uh, West Palm Beach. I can't imagine it's 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 probably asking me about if I want to change my internet service or something. <laughs> Your schedule's uh in pickleballs. <laughs> or about my Medicare or about my social security, so nobody wants to know. Mac, that. There, okay, there's what, a history. What are the other there, questions? There there's a history in in Edmonton with Taylor Hall and whether you're uh, Leon Dreisaitl or McDavid, you you want someone with some speed, some some guys that, a guy that can explode. We've seen that from Taylor Hall. It would don't forget, don't forget they have to fix their goaltending too. Let's forget. There's got to be where's the money going to come from to fix their goaltending to be a contender to bring in Taylor Hall to get Nugent Hopkins done. You know, defense is going well, to cost some berries Mac, up. Where, where's the money going to come from here those, to do all this? 
those essentially don't get kicked into next season anyway. So, right, you're, you're going to be able to you're going to be able to get those deals done and unlocked in and, and, and they won't affect you till next season, those new contracts for both those players. But no, I understand that, but um, okay. Mike Smith's put himself in a position, Mac, to, to run with this thing. Has he not? Sure. He has at 40 years of age, he's going to run with it, but I'm talking about where, where is this? They, they, they've got to allocate five, six million for a number one goaltender at some point. And, and you, you're talking about them signing these, all, all these guys, their defense is still a little bit thin and there's contracts coming up. Barry's being one of them. Wh where does, where does this money, what's it growing on trees or no, what? Mac, to get, to get Nugent Hopkins on a contract at, at five and a half million dollars would be right. a huge win for exactly. Edmonton. Exactly. Huge win. And what are you getting Hall at? Five and a half as well? Well. Six? No, I yeah, probably you'd have to be north of six. Now, you can't tell me that you can't fit that in somehow when you look at Edmonton and and moving some some tickets out. Yep. Yeah. I, I think I, I think that's the vision. They'll be they'll be sitting there saying, Are you kidding? We took tourists at three and a half. Oh my God. How do we move this money? To try to make room. Well, that that one stings a that little bit. Stings. For sure. That one stings. But anyway, that's good. All right. Any more questions? Oh yeah, as many as you guys want to do. Um, this is from our friend Brian Last on YouTube. Kind of maybe a little bit of a, a long shot Brian question. Who? Brian, Brian who? Last, L A S T, the opposite of first. Okay. Um, what do the Kings need to do to get back into Stanley Cup contention? Oh my God, has he got an hour? Has he got a twenty-four hours or what? Like seriously, I haven't. You know what? I haven't really. I can't answer that question because I haven't really followed them. To be quite honest, they're on too damn late. No, Mac. <laughs> they're they're in a rebuild. Well, they're in a major no, rebuild. No, no, no. They're not in a major rebuild because you have Kopitar and Drew Doughty at the height of their careers, Mac, and. These guys aren't waiting two or three years for this thing to turn around. I think that they're going to want to they're going to want to do something, but I don't see it to save this season to answer your question. But I do see this team wanting to win in the next uh, year and a half. I, I think they want to be in a position next season to to push, and that's the convincing argument for. For the for for wanting to sign those guys to long term deals at the money that they had twenty one million dollars between the two of them, they're not waiting. They're gonna have to well, find a way to still unload money. They're trying to unload Quick's contract next year, right? That comes in at uh, I think six. They just traded for Brendan Lemieux, who thinks he can be a top nine forward and not a guy in and out of the lineup. Yeah. Look, I, I look at the LA Kings and I think, uh, what do they do with Dustin Brown? Okay. What, what do they do with him? Who's had, who's, who's found a way to put some numbers up, Mac. Who, who has had a great career. Looking. He's got one more year at five, eight. Right. And I mean, Dustin Brown has been such a valuable guy there. Copadar has been such a valuable guy. Byfield comes in. They've got some young guys, but to me, to me, they're a weight. To me, when you look at Colorado, Vegas, as and Minnesota taking a big step, 
how close are they? They've got some work to do. Well, Velarde's a guy that's a, a terrific hockey player, yeah. uh, but he's had health issues. And you just you 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 hope and you wait for for Byfield. You yeah. know, is Byfield going to come in next year and show signs? He better. The, Better. Don't have to come necessarily and be impact players, as Tim Stutzel has shown us. That you just have to show flashes of greatness. That's yeah. what you're supposed to do when yeah, you're no, top no, three. Nobody's pick. expecting Byfield to come in and, and tear it up, but you you need him to come in and show signs that he's going to be a force in the league over the next three four years. That's what you desperately need a number two overall pick to do. You know. Yeah, and Drew needs some help on the blue line. Who like, needs just, a lot of help? There's just not much there. I mean, no. the days of of Muzzin and Martinez backing them up are are over. Yeah, I mean, it's you, thin. They're it's thin, thin there, and it's you thin. know, the goaltending has been pretty good. You know, um, they. I just think they have a lot of work to do. I really do. On a more the, positive note, the good note. thing is the good thing is San Jose's not very good. Anaheim's not very good. And Arizona really aren't very good, so wow. you've got you've got a chance if you can do a few things for now. Arizona's to not step. bad, Mac. They're not bad, and they're I've heard uh, that they, for fifteen years. They, I heard that since they moved from Winnipeg. They're not bad. They're Mac. They're a team that has struggled for twenty years with ma- uh, ownership and management, and oh. there's nothing to suggest anything different that this team could get some help needed help at the trade deadline but they they won't they have no money that's the narrative out there but i'll tell you somebody who i happened to watch the other night who is one hell of a player you tell me if i'm wrong chikrin hatrick chikrin has been a horse on a yeah. lot of nights for this team, can shoot and I'm the thinking, puck apparently as oh, this as guy three is, goals showed us. Yeah, I mean, look. So yeah, there are some bright spots, but um, anyway, that's what I think is good. We can answer the guy with LA. What should they do? Keep be doing patient. what they're doing, and they will move ahead of three teams fairly quick, probably. Just be patient. That's all they got to do. Mm-hmm. All right, we they, preach they, patience here on the Real Kipper Show. Yeah, oh yeah, hey, oh, big time. Mac, uh, here's a question for you. Uh, a little bit of a, of a play up off of uh, Sid and Bergeron off the faceoff uh, in that uh, what was it seven five uh, game, Boston and Pittsburgh. Did you see the butt end from Bergeron and and Sid go down? Did it graze a whisker or what did it do? <laughs> How do you go to a replay? You. How do you go to a replay and give them a four-minute power play? Am I missing something? Are you calling have... Sid out? I would never call Sid out. Sid was uh, trying. You better to... not be calling Sid out. No, I'm not. I, Sid was trying to win the game. Sid was trying to win the game. Help his team win the game. Sid, by, drew, by, Sid, Sid by, drew a penalty. He he started with the first high stick. And then he gets a grazed, if he was grazed at all. And they go to a replay and stay with that same call. Like, what the hell? Were they looking through a fishbowl when they made that? Seriously. Sid does get the benefit of the doubt. Uh, uh, How could he not? 
I, I thought it was terrible. I thought yeah, it was you, terrible. If the league had to pick between Bergeron and Sid, who do you think would win? Yeah, I know. But I just <laughs> And I like Bergeron. Well, listen, when they go to the replay, I said, okay, it's fine. It's you know, it's gonna be it's gonna be nothing. I mean, give them two minutes. Give them two minutes, and that's it. But for oh anyway. I must right. have missed it. Just wanted to get your thoughts on that. Yeah, well, you got them. All right, Jordan, what else we got, buddy? Kipper, I'm pretty sure I know your answer, but please feel free. This is from our friend Alan Smith. What's your most fond memory of hockey? That's for Kippy. I'm pretty sure that Kipper is going to say winning the Stanley Cup in 1994. Uh, So, yeah. That was my highlight, too, watching Kippy win the Stanley Cup. Well, yeah, that's a a bit of a no-brainer, that that first moment where you, you lift it and you go, oh, my God, this thing's heavier than I thought it was. Um, but just, I think just hanging out with the guys, uh, in the dressing room, even those, uh, practices where you just shoot the shit, putting on your equipment. Those were, those were always the best times. And even if you're on a three game losing streak, as I've told Doug many times at Sportsnet, misery loves company. If you're with good guys around you. It's it's fun being all in together with people that you you love hanging out with. So, so camaraderie is the number one thing I miss. I, I'll never forget when we in Florida when we beat uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins in the seventh game in Pittsburgh to advance to the Stanley Cup final. And I'm walking off the ice, and I see. Wayne Izinga and Dan Marino standing at the door hugging me. They were hugging me, and I'm thinking, holy shit, I made it. Dan Marino <laughs> is hugging me. <laughs> and Wayne Izinga. And then sitting on the plane, flying that night to Colorado because we didn't get a chance to go home because of scheduling. We had to fly directly. And sitting in my seat on the plane, having a beer, and thinking, Oh my God, we're going to the Stanley Cup final. That was, I remember just sitting there by myself thinking, are you kidding me? This is really happening in my life. So it's funny how, but all the 22 years of fun and laughs, and I still talk to so many of my old scouts and so many, you know, people you run into. It's unbelievable the camaraderie that Nick talked about. So were you in tight with Wayne uh, Hazinga? Were you you guys like this? That was as tight as I was to Wayne when he hugged me. Because uh, he he was the blo- the blockbuster guy, right? He was a blockbuster guy so, that sold blockbuster for four point eight billion to Viacom, I, I, and then it I've, went broke a year later. I've got some VHSs that I I, I hadn't <laughs> returned. Can you get them back to Wayne? <laughs> Wayne's passed. Oh, I'm sorry to hear. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe to his estate. I, I don't want to yeah. get fined. They're yeah. they're the um the late fees late are fees. still late fees. I don't want any late fees. Take them to that. There's one store in Portland, Oregon. Did you see the the Netflix documentary just came out? I actually I watched it over the weekend. It's uh, it's worth and a watch. They pronounced Wayne Izinga's name wrong through the whole damn show. He was the biggest part of the show. He owned it, and they pronounced his name wrong the whole show. Like seriously. <laughs> okay, anyway. Jordan. What was that before he 
ran over um, you. There's a documentary on Netflix that just came out. Uh, an actor I like, Kevin Smith, is uh, hosting it. And basically, there's one blockbuster in Portland, and they operate like a regular business. And I think there's one in Alaska, too. And they return videos. And it's it's really like a, a blast of the past when you go in there and you, and you see what it's like yeah. and stuff like that. I was young. I was probably 13 years old when Blockbuster went out of business. And I remember- Oh, my God. When they charged me for those late fees, I said, I'm signing up for Netflix and I'm never coming back. And I showed them. I put them in their place. Oh my you God. Know? We, uh, it was a big part of our life, Blockbuster. It was so big in South Florida, obviously because of Wayne. But I mean, it was our, it was a, our, our family revolved around Blockbuster and the videos. It was an amazing company. And he sold it to Viacom. I think it was $4.8 billion. And they went broke. They they basically disappeared off the face of the earth. It's unbelievable, really. Good How move. smart Wayne was to sell at that time. Good move. Good yep. move. All right, Jordan. What else do we got? We got a few more. Yeah, I got we? a couple more questions for sure. Uh, one just came through in chat here. Who do you think wins a cup first, McKinnon, Matthews, or McDavid? Oh, what a great question. Uh, oh wow. Uh, the odds would say McKinnon than this year if you're if you just go by you know Vegas yeah, and stuff. I'll I'll take McKinnon, Rantanen, and Makar, and I I give Colorado the edge because of uh, Kale McCarr. and I like Morgan Riley, but he's not in that same class. I I I agree i've got to go with colorado having the first chance and and the reason mckinnon gets the nod over mcdavid and matthews is because of the supporting cast mckinnon has as nick talked about his supporting cast today is probably better than the supporting cast but toronto is not far behind uh matthews you know with with marner the way he is and tavares and riley and there it's Toronto's closer. McDavid has some, uh, Edmonton's got some work to do, but they're not that far off either. They've played damn well this year. I got to give them full marks. And again, how do you ever go against McKinnon, McDavid, and Matthews and Crosby? How do you ever go against those guys and throw in Ovi? Those guys have carried, carried their teams, carried their franchises. They're winners. They haven't won yet, some of them, but they're winners. Colorado, uh, they're going to go with Grubauer. We we know that, but they are shopping now for a backup, like a few other teams. That makes me nervous. That's the only gonna, thing that scares they're, me. They're, they're they're shopping a lot harder, say, than Toronto. I think would be today. Yeah, and that scares me. Do they find the right guy? I know they brought in Anders or Johansson from Buffalo. I can't believe they believe that's their answer. But no, they that don't was believe just, that it. Was, no. It was just no, a, you know, no, they, they no. still have to shore that position up. They will. They got to get a guy that's played a lot of games in goal. They need a veteran guy that if Grubauer slips can come in because they cannot have the debacle that went on last year with Dallas in that series. Peter Mrazek in uh, Carolina's back, Mac. He pitched a shutout. I don't think he's played since, what, January. Uh, there's Reimer there. Um, they've got a three... Uh, yeah, uh, three-headed uh, goaltending situation there. Yeah, I, I probably would think that Reimer would be the odd man out there. Bern, the Bernier's had a history. Bernier's had a history in Colorado, has he not? I mean, is there any way that he might be a consideration for them? Yeah, 
you know? Yes. So yeah, that would be a good fit. Yeah. All right, Kipper, this is uh, maybe our last question for you. Really, I forgot, I missed who it came from, but it came through YouTube last week. During your time in the NHL, did you have any fights where you were a couple seconds into it and you had a mental thought saying, what did I do? How did I get into this moment? Any any moments of regret there where you <laughs> wanted to back off? Yeah, my last fight. How about that one? The one that I ended up face first last uh, <laughs> Garden Nice. There's always scenarios where you go uh I, I i really bit off more than i could chew here i was not a big guy by standards to take on guys like darren kimball or tony twist or chris simon so that 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 scenario played out a lot in my head and the only thing i could do at that point was just hold on for dear life and uh so <laughs> hopefully not be in a position to embarrass myself or my team i was able to do that most of my career the latter fight uh a little different but hey it is what it is i always say better to show up uh and lose so, than not show up at all right Max? so nick i got one quick when i'm playing for the montreal junior canadians and we're playing saint Catharines blackhawks in saint Catharines, and a full-scale brawl breaks out on the ice, and I grab onto this guy, and his name's Ron Serafini. I don't know whatever became of him. And I'm I'm holding on to him. We're just holding on to each other because we're you know there's a brawl, and I you know you just grab something. And I'm feeling his goddamn biceps, biceps. <laughs> Jesus Christ! I'm like 17, and he this guy's built like a brick shit house. And I'm feeling these by thinking, oh, I can feel the goddamn biceps through his thing. All <laughs> next thing I know, he flips me over and he's got me on his ice with his on the ice with his knees, knees on my arms. I'm like looking up at him. He's pin. Got, pin. And then all of a sudden he lets me up. And I you're saying, oh, what did I get in? I'm starting look, Bobby McMillan was from PEI. He was playing for St. Catharines. Bobby McGuigan was from PEI and Darcy Murphy. They're all three from PEI playing for St. Catharines, and I said, the hell with this, and I went looking to grab one of those because they were buddies, and I knew that I wouldn't have to fight. <laughs> <laughs> so there. <laughs> Did you ask him what, uh, what your legs were doing on your shoulders? <laughs> anyway. The most important thing is, is Mac and I are here, we're alive, and, and, and we, can, we can tell those stories now. I never thought I'd live that day. <laughs> oh, man. Thanks for that. Oh, that anyway. was fun. That was fun. We good, guys? Yeah, I think that's great. Oh, we had a bunch of great questions coming in. Uh, we Obviously, I think we had about 75 come in in the past, uh, past maybe like six days on YouTube and in the comments and chat. So tried to we pick the pick best up. ones. We should pick a few and each day do a couple to help. Yeah, I have them, I have them saved up, and we'll uh, we'll we'll do that throughout the week. Yeah. And you know, to, on Wednesday we're heading towards a, a milestone of our hundredth show here. So I mean, wow. time flies, right? Wow, Mac, I didn't think you were gonna pass ten. To be honest with you, yeah, I was hoping I wouldn't, but. It, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but when I saw you bring on Pang and he flopped, and May definitely flopped, I knew I had a chance. You know, hey, you knock that off, or I'll bring Dangle right back here. Yeah, right. Long All as right. May, long as May's not live with me, I'm okay. He'd pound me. <laughs> Doug McLean, everybody from sunny Florida, coming to you with bells and whistles as always. Doug, thanks for doing this, pal. 
Great job Thanks. on the Q and A. Fun. All right, Joe and Jordan, thank you as always. And all of you, I hope it's a great start to your week. We're back here Wednesday. Our thanks once again to all of you supporting us, the comments, the likes, hitting that like button uh, enabled us to go into a Q&A predominantly for the show. And most importantly, if you're watching for the first time, subscribe, be a part of our family here on The Real Kipper at Noon Show. We'll see you Wednesday.